on on Guitar Hero Three, which we all had, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could you do do the fire and flames on expert? Yes or no? Absolutely not. No. How about hard? Yeah. I, yes, I believe I could do it on hard. It's literally just the intro that is impossible. The intro is the, is the, the, the gate. Yeah. Yeah, the main riff. Yeah. Um, I. I could do hard, like first play, like when I was first playing Guitar Hero Three. Uh-huh. I could do hard, um, pretty like pretty much fine because I was playing on expert. But uh, I I reached the end of the campaign on expert and I could not play that fucking song. I could never play that song, and so uh, no, I think I eventually did, but that's like we're talking like eight nine years later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You would go back. Um, I mean, I was, when I, I'm when I'm now doing professional music stuff, that's why I can do it now. <laughs> I was able to do it at the absolute peak of my guitar hero existence. So. <laughs> my guitar playing career. I feel that. <laughs> no, There's I, a... I can do medium, medium, and then I would like kind of do hard, but like I think I did like maybe like once or twice, and I was like, I'm done. Like that technically counts as completing <laughs> it. I'm never gonna try it again. Yeah, yeah, I know that vibe pretty well. There's a there's a really thriving like uh, modding community. Yeah, uh, where you and I, it's called Clone Hero, mm-hmm, and I've it. I've been, yeah, I've been playing it for a while. Although my guitar broke, uh, so I, I can't play it anymore. But um, when you, my guitar was working, do they have like off brand guitars great. that you could use? Uh, I mean, they do. The issue is that like there's a uh, there's a meta <laughs> for Clone Hero. Of course there is. Uh yeah, and the meta is like you have to get the Xbox 360 Explorer guitar. I can show oh you. Oh my it. god, that I guitar! I like the idea that it's like next to Manny's like prized acoustic guitar. It is. It's right. And here. then it's right here okay. <laughs> on the wall. Oh my god! Props, props, props. See, honest, this is it. You get the props out ASAP, so I'm happy, and that's all I care about. My joy, and not <laughs> the lore that was built up for the singing song. So this is the meta. This is the, uh... <laughs> oh, I've seen a year, many of these. Yeah. yeah that's and that's the like the connector. one that's like respected and everything or what? That's the, yeah, this is like the one time. where like, if you want to, if you want to play the hardest fucking songs, uh, you need something like this because this has like a clicking confirmation yeah. and the other ones are all rubbery and soft. So like if you're doing really, really fast, uh, alter- alternate picking, um, you won't be able to tell where your actual accents are um in the music and so you get lost like you'll you'll fuck up a really fast passage but here you can like feel the confirmation so you can uh vibrationally confirm and also orally confirm that you're like playing with the the track that's i used to go to my neighbor's house and i would we would play on his 360 he had two guitars and we would like it was just so fun like the like what was that one where you play against the devil double down in georgia that was my favorite. Yeah. That was so fun. And then Clips of Dover was my second favorite. And then Fog Hat is my least favorite because I do not like Slow Ride. I did not <laughs> take it easy. Damn, you guys were playing high up there. <laughs> Clips of yeah. Dover and. Well, I was on like Georgia. easy medium. Like, I was like, well, I was young when I was there. And he was just like, bah, 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 bah. I was, this guy's crazy. He had like the thing where like you'd put hair ties on the green button for the fire and flame because you could do that for hammer-ons and he like just learned to do that oh and then seeing the people that would like move their hand up i was like this is a different game like we're playing drastically different version of this game 
Yeah. For for Through the Fire and the Flames, like the way you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to strum once and then do double. Yeah, all hammer ons, right? It's awful. Yeah, it's awful. It's It's still so cool. I remember I bought the the band set for my Wii and I had the drums and I was playing. And once my dad walked in and he was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like so confused. And then he was just like... (laughs) He's like, I'll be this, but I'll be this like drum. Green. And I was like, you can just play. He goes, I don't want to play games. And he just slapped and like we failed the song and everything. But it was like, oh, thanks for trying, I guess. But I remember I was like, I want to be the one that's good at drums. Like drums, like no one else knows how to play drums. So I'm gonna learn to play drums. And I just gave up after like a week. I was like, I'm not doing this. Uh, I mean, I think it'd be fun if we got together to play rock band again. It, was it like a good time, Andres, or was it like? No, yeah, it was, it was a good thing. I hate. Did anyone sing? So basically, what happened was, we, <laughs> I love this side at the beginning of the story. We started off just like really switching around because there were there was five of us, and we had one guitar, one drum, and one microphone. We don't have a second guitar, mm. so we basically would have to yeah. pass around. So whoever was doing the singing job got to choose what song. So basically what happened by the end was it was a set person on drums, a set person on guitar, and I was singing for some <laughs> reason. So That'd be like the worst way for me to play that game. I'd be like, I don't want to sing people like my voice is terrible. <laughs> I did karaoke last week. Yeah, like the week before. And that was cool. But there would be parts where like the whole room would sing with me. Like at a bar. And I was like, that's fun. And then there would be parts where like, I would just hear my voice. And I'm like, oh, this part is. No one's enjoying it. I picked uh, <laughs> Don't Stop Me Now by, uh, by Queen. So it was like a good, like, everyone's going to sing with me. Great. And I was like. I had people like that. I would like bring people on, like sing with me, and I'd like just put the mic on them. I'm like, I'm just not a fan of singing myself. Oh, yeah, I did that at karaoke once. <clears throat> That's sort of a requirement. Like, if you're picking songs that not everyone knows, like hopefully at least one other person knows it, so you're not just like belting at a room where everyone else is sort of just like sitting drinking. Yeah, <laughs> it was like kind of like a it, anyone could come up and sing, and there was a good like dance floor, and people were like all enjoying the songs, and everyone was singing. But at one time I went to a karaoke room uh, when I was in college and I picked Chop Suey and no one knew the song. <laughs> so I'm That's like, a... I'm like, wake up, guys, put a little bit. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, guys, like, can we just skip my song? Like, like I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I felt so stupid. And everyone, but like one guy was like, oh, I get, yeah, you know, I don't know the song, but I'll like sing with you. And like, it was a good effort. And then two other people that were there were like, picking songs that no one knew but they just wanted to show off their vocal range which is like cool if you have a crowd and people are gonna like cheer for you but like we're in a room there's seven of us i don't know you i don't want to care about you like, i don't want to hear you <laughs> sing ave maria for all of us like it's just so uncomfortable <laughs> the thing about That's rock funny. band though was i think i've gotten over the initial not initial, just the ongoing battle of being extremely self-conscious of your own voice. But like, I I can probably sing semi in public if it's with people I'm kind of comfortable around. But 
I think it was more just like the uh, the game itself being like you're not hitting these notes where I was starting to <laughs> get self-conscious. My friends are supportive, but harmonics is not supportive of me. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, like, was... it's really hard to do well on vocals in ex- oh, on yeah. expert rock band. To actually, if you do the thing yeah, where you just go, it's hard. Uh, like, and you don't sing and you just like find pitches, it's like, okay, you can get the score, but like, you want to sing too for the fun of it? I don't know. And the issue was, I was picking songs where the vocalists don't know how to sing really. And that's the. <laughs> like, I was just singing along and it wasn't registering that I was hitting the right notes. And it's like, you can't tell me that Jay Maskis is purposefully singing these pitches. Like, <laughs> the dude from. Dinosaur Jr. does not have formal training in singing. <laughs> it shouldn't be this hard to sing Feel the Pain. <laughs> yeah, they do that uh, a lot. There, there are some songs on the rock band set list. Um, I don't actually know which rock band it is. I think it's like the newest rock band. But on the newest rock band, there are like songs that are explicitly uh design you know like they have different ratings for different parts Mm -hmm. um and the vocal parts will be like expert with like the devil horn like sign like really really hard um and then like it's like a song i i don't have a good example of this but it's a song that's exactly like you're describing andres where like the vocalist is sort of just like belting and never like really hitting the pitches that are in the key that they're playing in um and Rockman is like, you have to be super precise. You have to hit that yeah. exact pitch. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty I, crazy. I, How I rem- did they do this to us? I remember the two songs that I was just absolutely upset at how bad I was doing. Where Feel the Pain and Teenage Riot and <laughs> Sonic Youth. <laughs> you can't tell me that these 90s alternative bands care at all how they're singing. <laughs> The band doesn't care. Why do you care, harmonics? Please. The best thing in rock band for vocal stuff is actually the the songs that have screaming in it because you can just like go uh, <laughs> during, during those sections. Yeah, the and it's like, like yeah, you're doing it. A lot of the yeah, songs yeah. we chose happen to be the ones with rapping in it. They're like <laughs> testify by Rage Against the Machine. You can literally just talk through the entire thing and get a hundred percent on vocals. Honest and I once he came over and I just was like at like a backdrop to us hanging out, just shooting the shit. I put on a Sakuga, you know what that is, Manny? Uh, I think so. The Vaguely. definition I looked it up afterwards was like when an anime does like a very different animation for like a segment of something. So like oh like they're mm. and, and if there's a it's a shonen like fight anime. And then they, they have a big fight and like it kind of changes and like it's a bit more loose and like there's like maybe less like it, it seems like a rough sketch, like different, basically different animation in the middle of the animation. Um, yeah, that's and cool. And so there's just montages and we put those on and there was one that was, I don't know if we watched it on just, but it was like food. And I think we probably just, did. It like, it's so good. Like there's like ramen and you just like, like I want to eat all of this. I want to eat all like, It reminds me almost of <laughs> kind of dissimilar. When I was younger, I'd watch Tom and Jerry, and they'd have like the Thanksgiving dinner episode, and the turkey just looked so good. The cheese looked like amazing. Everything just looked better than real food food ever could look. And I was like, this just doesn't seem fair. 
I can't eat my television, but I guess I can just get tempted the entire time. Uh, I guess this is the perfect time to transition to what it is. Um, so this episode, as we talked about last time, is um, for uh, Ryoko, Ryoko Kui. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, she doesn't have a Twitter. I couldn't find it. So I don't know what she does. But um, Dungeon Meshi or, or Delicious in Dungeon is English translation. Um, it's a manga going on right now. I think it's at maybe little... It's around 80 chapters going on. Uh, it's from a weekly manga distribution uh monthly manga distribution so there's only chapter a month and it's like 40 uh, pages um i'm gonna start i guess and say like what uh it is about and why i picked it and then i'll have you guys talk about why you what you liked about it and then i'll go into deeper ideas i read about it um i took some notes i didn't take too many um i'll probably forget things but hopefully you guys will remind me what i want to talk about um i am a giant uh D nerd so I love anything that's like a reference to fantasy stuff, even though I've never seen Lord of the Rings, which we probably, probably should. Um, so things like Goblin Slayer, the, there's a part in Goblin Slayer where like they turn in their, um, like, they, they fill out a form to apply to be an adventurer, and it's mm-hmm. literally like a D&D 5th edition character sheet, and they have like <laughs> references to those. Um, I remember there's just tons of like, the D&D is so big and there's like tons of references to it. Um, so this being kind of similar to it, I really enjoy it, but it picks up an aspect of there is food and there is a need for food and you'll play a D&D game and you'll go, yeah, like, let's just eat this dragon. And some people are like, it's just like, oh, that makes sense. But this book kind of turns this on its head where it's weird to do that. Like, why would you eat monsters? Like, you don't know what they are, but like, why would you eat a chicken? Why would you drink from a cow's udder? Why would you do any of that? It's like, oh, because hey, we're hey, used I, to it now. I think we're breaking new ground here. Uh, imagine the dude at first person to drink from a cow's udder, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Put, put that in I'm your type that, five. Because nobody's that, ever thought of milk. nobody's ever thought of that joke before. Put that in your type five. Dear diary, how do I hire Andres as a ghostwriter for all of my comedy? <laughs> uh, well, I it's it's really fun. I that's why I picked it. There's a lot of like references I'm going to talk about later. Um, but as a general aspect, there is a group of adventurers in the very first chapter, and something happens where they are. Uh, attacked by a dragon. It, it opens up with like an explanation of the world in a very simple and short way. It's not like overbearing. It's only um, one, two, three, four, five, six little like sentences. And then it like drops you in to the world and how weird it is. And then right the next page is like a dragon fighting a party. And you're experiencing Laios, one of the main characters, him just thinking about what's going on and it is funny to be like yes it is a battle for his life he is fighting a fucking dragon but he's talking about food and why he's hungry and like yada yada um the dragon then eats a character we find out later it's laos's sister uh Phelan, i believe is the name and she magics them out and teleports them back to the beginning of the dungeon and now that's where our story begins they need to go back they lost all their money they have no nothing else to go and so they need to decide they're going to eat in the dungeon, eat the creatures and stuff, and then adventure ensues. Um, I really like how it opens. It's not crazy. 
It's not a thing where like, here's a lore dump. Here's like how this works. It's one of those media in res of like, you start in the middle of the fight, it's exciting, and now you're seeing the consequences of the action. What does happen? And like, she did get eaten by a dragon. Like, isn't that bad? And they immediately explain it away with like, oh, but dragons are giant creatures. They have like crazy low metabolism. So she could not be dead. And we can revive her. And that throws in a wrench of like, okay, people can be revived in this world. But how cheap is death? And I'll talk about that. That's like one of my favorite parts about this. Like, what does death mean? Et cetera, et cetera. But um, after that, like, Andres Maddie, like, what did you guys like about it? You guys both finished reading chapters one through seven, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did. Okay. Do you want to go further out on or keep reading or did you guys stop at seven? Just I purposely did not, but I probably will pick it up when I finish reading whatever I am currently reading. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't go uh, further. I actually just finished like chapter seven, like an hour ago. So totally get it. <laughs> but I it's it. but it's fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh. Um, okay, you're the freshest. Yeah. How did you? How did you like it? You know, so uh, touching on the beginning, uh, I'm I'm really not used to like isekai type stuff. Um, like I'm I'm not versed in it very much at all. Um, mm-hmm. And this isn't really this isn't really one of those, but it's taking you know fantasy elements from it. Yeah, um, this is not isekai at and, all. Just, just for the record. But I get what he's yeah, saying. Correct, of like, correct. it is, it's, it is kind fan. of like a gamey world. Yeah, right. It's game. Yeah. It's gamified. It's a gamified world, and I think that that's that's one of the 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 initial qualms I had with it is sort of like uh, I felt like it was just a super quick entrance, and I was like, oh, well, like, why am I supposed to care about these characters initially? Um, you know, like, there's this trauma. And so uh, the the main protagonist, uh, Laos, is it Laos? I, Li- I, I say Laos. Laos, Laos. Um, so uh, his sister is the one who's who's eaten by the dragon, and mm-hmm. um, and so everyone's worried that she's dead. And initially, I was like, "Oh shit, that's like a real big problem." Um, mm-hmm. But then the issue of like revival and uh, resurrection. And the el- the way that that plays into the gamified world that they're that they're in, um, it made me questioning like the motives and like why I should care initially. Um, mm-hmm. I was sort of like, oh, it's it seems it seems like it was proposing it as a high risk thing, but it sort of also is a little low risk because people mm-hmm. can be resurrected. So so initially I was like, oh, I'm just not used to that type of storytelling, um, where it's like you know this thing happened and and we're so used to death being visceral and. I mean, if you, you both know me, right, I'm like into the dark shit. So like, Mm -hmm. so death to me is sort of like this like thing that, that I'll I'll like turmoil over and it, and it's like, oh, it's a very Mm -hmm. serious thing, but here it's like gamified. So, so that was like an initial reservation. But then as I was reading through the, through the other uh, six chapters, essentially, um, I'm really glad they didn't spend a lot of time on setting the world. Cause I, cause I think that like the beauty in Mm -hmm. this is really just about like, exploring the dungeon and exploring the logistics of the world through these like episodic sort of things. Um, and to have it, the, the thing that I really loved about it, just to, to get back into like your question was how, how it sort of like expanded upon these things that we take for granted in like fantasy lore and like gamified worlds, you know, we're sort of like, we don't think about the logistics of the fauna in a particular region of a dungeon. Mm-hmm. We, we don't we're not thinking about the way that this animal lives when it's not or this monster lives when it's not attacking us and mm-hmm. and i thought that it was like really nice to have those those types of elements in 
in this format where like yeah it's like it's it's sort of fantasy still and it's very um it's it's a little bit gamified but it's also like oh i get to like nerd out over like herbology now or something yeah and Mm -hmm. uh and that was like that was a really fun part and the food of course is like really interesting to see how how the the food from these monsters um manifests uh and sent and for the record senshi is like my favorite character because he's like so out of his depth in everything except cooking and it's great it it for for the listening audience there is a part of like when they cook it becomes a recipe book almost like and Mm -hmm. it's super cute of like Okay, um, here, this is what, like, the first thing they eat, which is huge scorpion and walking mushroom hot pot. Ingredients, serves three to four, roughly. Huge scorpion, one. Walking mushroom, one. Mushroom feet, two. Seaweed, arctic moss, or star jelly to taste. Um, Invertitos, invertitos, about five medium. Dried slime, as much as you like, and water to taste. And it'll, it'll like, preempt that with, like, beautiful, like, the art style is very good there's a lot of like chibiness to it too it's really cute like i saw Anders change his discord icon to one of them <laughs> yeah. but it's really adorable <laughs> and I'll, I'll again i have comments on this for later uh, i'll want to let Anders talk but like it shows you that and then it shows you like uh the like pentagram of like energy fat protein vitamins and minerals like what you're going to get out of this meal um but the art of him like chopping it putting it in and like he samples the food. You can see them get ready for it. It's super uh, fun. I don't know. It's just really interesting. And like it's it's a fun way to read food. Uh, but Manny, yeah. go ahead. Please finish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess uh, for a little bit more context, Senshi, the, the character that is sort of like my, the, the one I was vibing with the most, is this like dwarven character who sort of appears out of nowhere when he hears the main party uh, is going to eat monsters from the dungeon, which apparently doesn't happen very often. Um, and he, he's like all about like health, really. It's all about like health and body bodily like attention as it Mm -hmm. relates to food and like the culinary world. So it's, it's interesting. It's a, it's like a, I forgot one of the, one of my favorite conversations in the, in the seven chapters that, uh, I remember is, uh, Senshi. Um, I believe that's his name again. I'm probably just, yeah, uh, what is it? I think it's, oh, he's, like, talking about how you need to have, like, a balanced diet and how, like, adventurers are only eating, like, dried breads and uh, dried meats because they, they need to be preserved as they go down in mm-hmm. the dungeon, right? Um, but he's saying, like, no one's getting fresh veggies, no one's getting, like, fresh uh, fresh meats or anything. And uh, he's, like, really, really adamant, like, to the point that, like, that's all he's really focused on is, like, food and health and it's a... Uh, it's sort of refreshing to have that take in like a fantasy setting, I think, because mm-hmm. you're always like in your head about like spells. I mean, for example, I'm playing like an MMO right now, Final Fantasy 14, and it's all like, you know, spells and monsters and blah, 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 like the really good stuff. But it's not like you're not thinking about like, uh, I don't know, your day to day health in, in that setting at all mm-hmm. um, as a character. And that's why it was really, really entertaining to me. There's there's a thing in uh, Dungeons and Dragons too where like there is uh you have hit points and then in some of the books they say like hit points should be viewed not as just like you have more health more than a person but like sometimes it's like oh this person has more luck or so stamina or like just things like that and like drinking a health potion is like okay now I'm revitalized or like 
it could be anything that you want it to be. So, like, your last 10 hit points could be, like, okay, now it's your actual body getting hurt. And your first 40 was you're getting, you're, you're dodging attacks. And, like, now you're not dodging as fast because you're getting tired, et cetera, et cetera. And then in this one, um, oh, no, in, there's other things in D&D where, like, they do try to make it minus, as much as Dungeons & Dragons is just a combat simulator, they do try to in- introduce lore and things like that. So, like, a druid can have a good berry, and you can eat one good berry a day, and you have all the nutrients you need for the day, and it's one hook point. And it's like, okay, crazy that they have, like, a berry that produ- it's, provides everything your body needs. Like, that's crazy to believe. But then there's other things of, like, okay, I play Dark Souls. I don't need to eat. I don't need to shit. I just run. <laughs> and it's been, theoretically, hours. I don't need to do anything. I just need to drink this flask, and I'm fine. And dodge, it heals me dodge a lot. Yeah, just roll, and I'm fine. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, this is different, and it's it's different in a fun way. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. If there's anything else, if not, uh, Andres, please. No, 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 no. I'm yeah, Andreska. What are your thoughts on it? I uh, yeah, I was just really enamored by the the way that it the logistics uh, of the world get shown through these like short stories in every chapter. I really like that. Yeah, I mean, I really loved this manga. Uh, if it wasn't, or I kind of alluded to how much I read manga earlier. Uh, <laughs> I'm basically just reading something at all times. So. Um, and a lot of what I read is typically slice of life, comedy, romance, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, coming into this based on the concept, I wasn't sure how serious the tone was going to be. So when I read the first few pages of the first chapter, I was just like, oh man, they're like actually setting up some decent amount of war right now like this seems like it might be serious and then as like less than halfway into the chapter when he basically just tells them we're poor we need to eat monsters and they're like what (laughs) (laughs) That, that was when i like could feel a tonal shift where it's like oh they just kind of bait and switched me like this is full-on comedy (laughs) isn't it so i mean once it reached that point i had a lot of fun with it the art itself i don't know what it reminds me of but it doesn't remind me of any manga ever so there'd be times where i'd be reading it Mm -hmm. and just kind of remember i'm reading a manga (laughs) It's definitely ingrained in my brain to start right to left now. So when I read an American comic, I end up reading backwards. (laughs) So, So like the fact that it was working with my brain didn't really set off any alarms or anything. Uh, I don't know. There's just a lot I really like about it the uh the character design also is great uh, so there's so much more to talk about yeah yeah keep going please i have tons to say good uh yeah i mean <laughs> the character design is amazing it, it's very standard 
comedy manga, like the way that it just kind of cuts into these weird, I don't know if chibi is the right word. It's just like kind of mm-hmm. the punchline Simpler. faces. Yeah, like the really yeah, simplified yeah. area. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I mean, there's just a lot to it that is kind of fairly simple because the dynamics are, I mean, in the first volume, I haven't read the rest, but the character dynamics are very much like comedy manga. There's a straight Mm -hmm. woman, a straight man slash woman. There's two absolute weirdos Mm -hmm. (laughs) that, that are the source of all the jokes. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm very glad that I was misled because <laughs> I, I'm not the biggest fan of fantasy stuff, I'll admit, but, uh, the fantasy setting isn't the reason why. I think it's just because a lot of fantasy things take themselves way too seriously. <laughs> I think that's fair. I think it's very fair to say. And they expect me to somehow identify with a wizard setting something on fire (laughs) through magic whereas this one is just like well you gotta eat (laughs) and and when you don't eat then you don't perform these fantastic feats that you need to do to get through Mm -hmm. a dungeon so it, it makes yeah. a lot of sense for something that's very cartoony that I think other forms of media don't ever acknowledge how strange it is. <laughs> that's a really good point, honestly. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree a lot there. Um, that's a really good point. I was just thinking about the way that... Um, like when I'm when I'm playing fantasy games, like it's easier to identify because you have a set of actions you're doing, right? You like have some goals and you're going through it and you're doing them. And sometimes the story is like the main point, but oftentimes it's sort of like about getting to, you know, completing a quest or doing this or doing that. Um, and But when I'm like engaging with fantasy media, I'm sort of like looking for the humanist element in the story most times. I'm sort of like trying mm-hmm. to identify with like character development or I'm trying to like really like like those are the things that are most exciting to me in fantasy stories. Like it, it's the world building, but it's also the world building as it relates to the people who live in the world or the monsters who live in the world or something. Um, I think that's kind of why in Japanese media, at least like isekai is so huge is because seems to be like the only way that people can consume fantasy media now is that there's one character that has this like knowledge of the other of our world just in a fantasy Mm. setting so at least that's just my theory yeah that's interesting yeah I've, i've i don't think i've ever consumed like an isekai before in any in any format so Maybe I'll, I do, I'll give it a I try. I do too many. <laughs> I do too many. <laughs> they're, they're very 
similar to each other in a lot of ways. There's some that are just like the same idea. Like it really does. It does a thing of like, there's such an abundance. How do you make yours a little different? And like, there's one that I really like called rising of the shield hero. And basically now the main character's only weapon is a shield. So he's like the defender of the party. He's not the one that's overpowered. And he has, he like makes a team and they do a lot of really different things in that manga where it's, I, I think they do cool things, but like it always is still like, this is still kind of boring sometimes, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> sort of online yeah. is really cool for the first seven episodes and then they make it into a romance manga. And it's like, not really my taste and it's not really that good of a romance manga either way. So it's just kind of <laughs> like, I'm here for the, I'm here for the fight scenes. That's what you do good at. Show me the dude with the two swords going, yeah. And then that's all I care. About. I don't want anything else. I don't want anything else. Just show me that. Somewhat maybe of a hot true. take, maybe, but romance in a shonen mag from a shonen magazine usually isn't very quality. Exactly. <laughs> unless unless they just go yeah. full shonen with it and not like action or whatever, just coming of age story then that's literally the only way that it gets by <laughs> what what romance uh what romance manga or anime are you hitting on dress then because if you're not getting your romance through the typical channels right of like a shonen manga or something then what are you what are you hitting are you hitting up like the classics like the he actual goes to, romance he goes to the target book aisle and he finds all the erotic novels and reads those that's what he finds <laughs> Well, you said you were you were doing romance manga, right? What uh, what are some of your favorites? Oh God, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for this, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just curious because, like, I'm, yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, I don't know. Here, let me. I'm curious too now. As it as it turns out, when you can't get something from Shonen, there's a uh, another sex out there called uh shoujo of course yes are you uh are you getting uh well i mean signing mm. can sometimes have some like good romance stories in it yeah actually that's you know. probably more accurate to what i read or what i prefer to read i'm really <laughs> caught off guard here i'm sorry i, I haven't okay. been forced to, i mean like <laughs> i haven't been forced to wreck i mean like my, you know uh let's see pure romance like hardly anything else maybe my favorite is probably bloom into you which is just full on yuri yeah classic (laughs) i've I've heard that (laughs) you guys are nerds Uh, yeah well fruits basket is also very good Mm mm-hmm uh yeah that one's just classic shoujo did you see the new anime of i haven't been watching but everyone tells me to watch it and i'm like i've heard both the original and the new the new series is good so i love the idea of like everyone i know it's not everyone but like your mom being like listen manny i know we don't agree on media a lot but this yuri manga right now is the absolute (laughs) shit like you need to get on this you got it mom We'll talk about that later. Bloom into you is not something that I would like full on recommend to everybody, but it is very good. And even that for, one for the is Yuri more... manga. Sorry, go ahead. 
That one. The Yuri manga and then stopping talking is so <laughs> <laughs> That one is very much just like a really great coming of age story. And unfortunately, the anime just kind of cuts off halfway. And I'm not sure if they're going to do a second season. <laughs> but like the anime just kind of cuts off at the like turning point of the manga which is really unfortunate mm. um yeah yeah that's a uh, yeah i mean i i 100 agree with like uh bloom into you and like the coming of age elements of it it's like that's really more what it's about than the actual yuri it just happens to be uh yuri labeled i think i don't know maybe i don't remember the full story well but that's my uh, I, mean, I agree with you there i think it it does fall into certain tropes, even though I haven't really read much Yuri manga. So, but there are like certain tropes. <laughs> I, swear I, I swear I haven't. I swear I haven't. <laughs> I have no reason to lie about this right now. I just, I just, I get it for the for the articles. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Uh, the other one that. I really like is uh, seeing yesterday for me. That one's really good. Um, not because of the Beatles reference, but <laughs> <laughs> because it is very just like a story that adults can relate to. It's not just high school drama all the time, which is. Mm-hmm always a good time not to have to deal with i guess uh yeah but yeah, those are some good ones i'll digress from my romance manga well uh, go back to yeah. <laughs> i'm gonna go back to <laughs> is that okay with you too if i go back <laughs> no of course yeah sorry okay. for the tangent <clears throat> no i don't care it's, it's it's fun it's i i don't know anything about this stuff so hearing you guys be like oh it's truly the human experience and i'm just like i watch I watch dragons fight. <laughs> like, <laughs> different. <laughs> oh, and just says like this wizard shooting fire. I'm like, I feel it all the time. I shoot fire on my ass. If you ask me like once or twice a week, like, we're one of the same. Me and this wizard. Um, I'll go over me. the characters real quick. The four, the four main characters currently. Um, there is Laios, um, who I wrote um, is a weird guy, as everyone says, and he's one of the main vehicles for the reader to be excited about things. Um, and he's kind of like, oh, he has like tons of knowledge too, um, and he admits like I love monsters, and that's weird for some reason. Like it is kind of like in this party, like you see uh, Marcel, who's a crazy wizard and in her own right interesting. Uh, and I'll talk about her right now, but she's like, that's crazy. Like, why do you like this stuff? This is so weird. This is stupid. This is weird. Um, but Marcel herself, she's a wizard, and usually to me that is like a vehicle. For tons of personality to come out. Um, if you play Dungeons and Dragons and you have, you're a fighter, uh, cool. I have a cool sword and I wear, like, you can describe your armor, you can describe your sword and how you carry it. And if you do, like, this kind of swing, that kind of swing. And there's a lot of character there. And then there's even more character, in my opinion, for a spell casting class that is like a wizard of, like, she has a staff. Like, that's, that's different from Harry Potter. That's different from uh, other things who just use like somatic, just hand motions. So her staff is important. Like later on, you see her, she has to like, they discuss why it's important. 
Um, you'll see that a lot of the personality of the world can be shown through magic, uh, like what she can do and what she can't do. How come she can do this many without this much, et cetera, et cetera. Like, can she revive people? We don't really know. Like, we do know that, but we don't know that yet. Um, like, they've mentioned it, but we don't know if that's different for... Uh, I think this, in one of the chapters, she says that she isn't good at it. Like, when they run into the... Yeah. One, either the dead the person or the plant, person. They find dying. the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's just, like, a little side comment that she made. Yeah, the small things um, uh-huh. for the setting. So, for her, like... She's also very understandably one of those people who are like, I'm not eating that fucking mushroom thing. Like, that just moved around. Like, I don't want to do that. And then you have Chilchuck, who's like, hasn't had too much happen in this first volume. Um, he has, like, some little moments and shows that how useful he is. Um, and that is also a very good point. Everyone in this party is useful and necessary. Yeah, Everyone does something. In so it's kind of- multiple ways. I mean, they just... They have yeah. their roles in the typical fantasy party, and they also have their roles as like narrative devices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Chilchuk will be like, he says at one point, like, yeah, animals die, like, too. Like, we kill things and we eat things anyway. Like, you eat meat. Like, this technically isn't that different. And even she's like, yeah, you're right, but this still feels weird, which is still, like, a valid thing to say, but also he has, like, it, he's right, you know, like, this one, it's just kind of strange. Um, yeah. It's interesting how they played, uh, uh, played uh, Marcela's character into, like, the sort of, like, studious, you know, because, you know, spellcasting classes, spellcasting mm-hmm. uh, races or anything like that are always considered, like, you know intellect and intelligence is an important characteristic Mm -hmm. an important uh statistic even um and so they play her as like this like naive studious uh character she like relies on her book Mm -hmm. for the for the uh the bat the giant bat Mm -hmm. chapter i think the man the mandrake stuff yeah yeah the mandrake stuff yeah i forgot about that where she has to she's like well the book says this and then a person senshi who's like has street smarts and real world experience he's like yeah but like i can just do this like it's like that's dangerous he goes yeah until it's not you know like (laughs) i can just do that you know um there is a small chapter later that what i really love about this author is she does a lot of like side work about this piece um she has like at the end of the the book um she does like little chapters about like uh, miscellaneous monster tales and she'll talk about like oh, how does a slime actually work? And she'll go into, like, just kind of unnecessary detail, and that makes it really fun. Um, There's one where I think someone asked some questions about, like, how does the bathroom work? Uh, Like, you know how they say there's a designated bathroom spot? Someone said Chilchuk has... She said Chilchuk has very amazing hearing. So he can hear everyone go to the restroom, and he's just, you know, it's a part of life. You get over it type of thing he's been doing this for years or however long but he can't hear marcel go to the restroom he doesn't know why he doesn't understand like he's like he doesn't so she's like he's like does she magic her poop out of her body like and it's like this like weird like panel comic of like she leaves and you see him just like in deep thought and then she comes back and he's just like staring at her and she's like what and he's just like nothing 
like just like what are your secrets Marcel like what is like <laughs> tell me I need to know um, and then the final main character <clears throat> is uh, Senshi who is another lore dumper character uh, like all of them are but like he is like oh this is how you do this this is how you do this and yeah, perfectly explained Manny he's so naive in some things and doesn't care about like one of those people who he's so good at what he does he doesn't care about how it affects other people but he is kind of like the janitor of the dungeon like he explains in the last chapter of like I am here because I want to be here. And if I'm not here, no one's going to clean the toilets. No one's going to do this. No one's going to do that. And it's like, but what if you leave? Because, well, if I leave, I leave. And that's like what happens. But like, if I'm here, I can make the dungeon kind of better. And I really like that part about, about him. Uh, but yeah, you said Senshi was your favorite character. Who was your favorite character, Anders, if you had to pick one? Like, just so we can... I don't know. It depends on what you're going with for favorite i mean the one i yeah, probably most relate to is uh marcy or Marce- how marcel m-a-r-c-i-l-e i say marcel uh yeah marcel she's probably the one i relate to most uh how laos is probably like the funniest character to me. <laughs> yes, he's, he's, he's the most entertaining. So he's he's my favorite because of he's just an eager person with like a weird thing. And one of my favorite things in any series, I've never played Dark Souls or Bloodborne, but I will like read about the monsters and how like detailed and gross they are. I love it so much. So this guy is like, I love monsters. People are like, why would you be? It's like it makes sense. Like you know, you're fighting them. Yeah, I mean, I think part of the reason why they find it so strange is that it seems to be like a very manga trope that if you're that interested in something that like you might just be sexually attracted to it. So I think <laughs> I think that and he kind of does like say some weird stuff that he's like, yeah, that, I want to eat that. He does. Well, he's like, I want to eat armor. And it's like, how do you eat armor? Like before yeah. it even makes sense that you can eat them. He's like, I'm going to eat that fucking armor. Yeah. And like even they're a, like, we'll just boil your armor. <laughs> his obsession with, uh, uh, walking armor. And when Marcel gets caught by the man eating thing and he says that, I bet that felt good. <laughs> yeah. How did it feel? But then he provides like a really cool point of it all where he's just like, well, if you look at it, like these ones do this and this one's basically trying to infect you with it. So it needs to provide you a reason to be as calm as possible. So it makes sense that you feel good. So did you feel good? And then again, rightfully so. What the fuck are you talking about? Get the fuck away from me. Like I just got attacked. <laughs> I'd like, you can ask this later. I don't want to talk about this now, you know, like, um, yeah. Okay. So I want to talk about a few, a few things that, if anyone else wants anything right now, it's not often that you come across a, a comedy based manga with actual like little plot elements and lore. So mm-hmm. just like different things that uh, that aren't exactly gags that show up in it, or oh, it's really cool to see like in. Like the whole book knowledge versus like actual experience is very relatable. Just something you never understand when you just have that book knowledge. Mm -hmm. And also just that 
like the last two chapters where uh Laos is uh just kind of shows how much he's grown since he's become an adventurer, how he was killed by the walking armor before and like in the last chapter of the volume he immediately breaks his sword but find still finds a way to beat the armor Mm -hmm. so i thought that was really refreshing to see in something that's comedy based there's there's a lot of it too uh where you do um i'm going to talk a little bit more in just vague terms about like things that happen later on um there's a lot of like oh you see they're competent people and a lot of it's just kind of like sheer force of will at times and other times it's like planning and like it 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 shows you know interesting ways to solve these problems um that they they face because there's a lot of them um but there is a part where it is episodic like manny was saying like it is just kind of like oh his this happens this happens and there is a big story of like they're gonna go through the dungeon and the dungeon isn't just like an underground thing that happens they kind of explain it i don't know did they explain much from your guys memory because i'm kind of confusing what i know and what i read this past week I wouldn't say they did um, very deeply, uh, but I it I knew I mean you get the you get the headers of like underground floor one, underground floor two, and things like that, and you get like the area mm-hmm. that they're in. So you so you have the context that they're going down um, through the dungeon, and and that was actually something that made me realize like Maiden Abyss is essentially the same thing. It's just like vertical downward scaling a dungeon. I didn't realize it until. Yeah. Like, until like i started reading <laughs> <laughs> yeah i basically when they start any when anything starts talking about layers now i just think of made in abyss <laughs> i really need to read that one you you would like it it's a it's it has all of the fantasy you know yeah it looks so cool it looks so cool every time you guys talk about it i kind of not pay attention because i'm like i'm gonna read it eventually I just need Manga Decks to come back already. <laughs> so I'm like, wait. <laughs> posted an update that was just a manga panel saying soon, so you might be in love. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Um, well, it is episodic, and there's a part where later on in the story, because this is 80 chapters, and we're, we only have read seven, a lot happens. A lot of cool things happen. There's tons of world building, um, and they explain like how the dungeon works. Like, it, it's super cool. There's tons of like things about each character. They do like backgrounds for each character and it just shows like how much can happen in this world and like how fucked up this dungeon is. <laughs> it's super crazy, but it is fucked up sometimes what they do. Sorry. Uh, what are, what are the stakes like later? Cause, cause I felt really weird about like the stakes that were set at the beginning and it didn't feel like, it felt like it was meandering in its commitment, you know, a little bit. So I was curious. Mm-hmm. Does it get like, does it, not that it, it doesn't need to get more intense, but, but is there, are the stakes revealed a little bit that there's like, you know, a little bit more urgency than there might have been previously? Or like, what's the, do you know anything about that? Yeah. Um, so I'm either caught up or like a chapter or two behind. God, I just, I'm like trying to remember where we're at right now. Like there's so much, uh, interesting and unique story elements that happen in this where like there is technically like a dungeon master you know and that like to apply oh, on words of like a referee but like what is that you know 
And I I would watch this uh, YouTuber, Matt Colville, and he's like, you should make a dungeon and you should make it make sense. And I was like, yeah, how would, why would there just be monsters here? Are they trapped here? Am I like a mad scientist and this is my lair? Am I, is the dungeon alive? I've seen a lot of those concepts of like, the dungeon is, uh, one of those dungeon matches I like, oh, God, not, I cannot remember his name. Um, but he does for the C team, Exhibition Corporation C team, he has a thing called like the living dungeon and it just like randomly you'll find a door and you just go in and it moves. You just move throughout the world and it's like a living creature. So there's aspects of like that idea of like there is reasons certain things happen. There is running water on the bottom of the floor of the dungeon. Why is that? Like we see them wash their clothes. Why though? Like that doesn't really make sense. Um, there's secret passageways. Why, you know, like, you do find it is in a castle at one point, but, like, it expands even there. Where are these monsters coming from? Have they always been here? Et cetera, et cetera. They do explain, there is, like, a bigger overarching story. There's cool um, characters that are not necessarily villains, just, like, ulterior motives, you know, um, that we find out of, like, oh, well, like, why are you going down? Like, you don't need to be going into the dungeon anymore. Like, your sister's dead. And, like, people just, like, not agreeing with, like, what they're doing. Um, but to, I guess the good translation of what you were saying, um, I really like the no-death uh, no death aspect because they do. And I was looking forward to my, my, my book. Um, there is a part where they talk about they can be revived. And that there comes at a cost and people can just be, like, dead. And then they'll walk by and be like, oh, I'll revive this person. I'll just take 20% of their money. Yeah. And that's like fine. That's like okay, but like, why is that? You know, like that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I, I, I think it provides for like unique story opportunities of like, I heard once someone say in their D and D game, death doesn't mean anything really. Like you can just die and you come back. And for the people like, no, like there's no saving it. If you go under, there's a force that like kills you instantly. And it makes something else happen, et cetera, et cetera. So in a, in a story where um, life is kind of cheap, you know, like, oh, it's just a spell and I can just rest till tomorrow. I can pick up this body and carry it up. And as long as I kind of preserve it fine enough, it'll be fine. As long as this doesn't get dissolved by a dragon's stomach, we can revive it. Mm-hmm. And that's weird. Like, why can we do that? You know, but it, it, it does show like each person when they get revived, it is like taxing on them. And it is kind of like you do need to be found and you do need to have a magic user. And there's another part where like um, a character can revive them reliably and they have to do a lot to revive everyone. And everyone's like, oh, thank God, like we're all okay. And the character just starts like breaking down. They're like, this is terrible. Like you were dead and I had to save you. And like, what if I couldn't? What if I couldn't get there? Like the emotional toll of like, you are responsible now for your friends. And if you don't save them, even though they're right in front of you, it's your fault. Like that does, all these stakes do matter and it is fun. And like, it's sad, you know, like you don't want to watch these (laughs) characters cry because you do meet them and like, you find out like why they're together. And like, Mm. they had other people in their party, but these people stuck around and like, it is, they, you see in the beginning, the party was bigger yeah two people only, uh, leave immediately yeah like they're just like no, i'm not fucking with this like and so like oh why are they together but it's a slow exposition of like why is this like this why is that like that and there's times where like 
they give up on the cooking aspect of the story. And it's all about the lore or, like, the backstory of a character or, or like, introducing why this person is here and, like, what that means. And you... I, there was a good chunk that was like like that. And I was like, oh, like, it is different. It isn't as... Co- it is still comedic. There is times where, like, there is a part where Laos is fighting this, like, super important fight. And then it cuts to, like, the simple face where he has, like, no nose. And he's, like, making, like, a duck face. And he's, like, just hiding from, like, a fire or something. And it's super funny. <laughs> but it is just, like, this is high stakes. But it is a comedy manga in the end. Um, and those just happen in... It's really cool. It's just super fun um, to talk about. But that it, I get what you're saying, though. It It is weird to be like, why doesn't death matter? Like, why do I care? If it, if it is like, oh, like, we can revive him, but we can't. Like, I don't remember why they can't really revive the guy in the man-eater plant. Um, no, they can. they also say, like... They can. They just choose not to because they don't want to get... They're like the various things that can happen when you help a stranger just they don't want to get robbed or whatever find out that he's a bad person actually yeah, they, they leave him up right yeah, yeah they hang him in a tree <laughs> like an old west yeah they hung him they hung him in a tree like an old west yeah <laughs> it uh was right up my alley in terms of horror uh it's nice to see dead body hanging from a tree in a non uh non-realistic context <laughs> in a I, had to, context. I, had to, I just wanted to veer yeah i just wanted to veer away from that context a little bit <laughs> not trying to talk about dead people in trees uh you, yeah you you understand <laughs> they thank you there's a they say better not that could go wrong and there is a part of like they don't directly say what andres is saying of like helping a stranger sometimes does kind of fuck you over it could be like her magic has like 50 50 chance of like that too. kind of making him like a stoop you know like he just doesn't have full mind could like you know he could just be a little bit slower um or in like i don't, I don't think this happens but in D, like you roll on a table and you come back as a different race mm-hmm. like you can come back as like the same or like oh you roll and like yeah, Andres was a human fighter, and now he's a freaking dragon person. And that's just how it is. <laughs> and now he's black. It's like, whoa, like, what? Like, what is all this thing? God, there was something I was going to say. Oh, um, so from the story, like, the seven chapters, just before I go to the next part, it is simple, and it is nice, and it's containable. And I think it's, like, it's long. You know, they're long chapters. They're not, like, 20-page weekly manga chapters. They're, like, a good 40 pages, I think. No, yeah, that's pretty uh, standard for, for monthly manga. Yeah, but for monthlies, you know, and things happen in it, and it doesn't feel like cheap sometimes. Sometimes you're like, okay, like this is forty pages, and I got kind of sussed out of anything. Um, but the, from like just a total overall story, uh, can I get your guys' opinion so I don't talk too much right now and I can drink some water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, in terms of uh, in terms of the overall story, I would. Really love to see where it goes. I think that there's a a lot of potential. Uh, now that you've said that, like it goes different places than like the sort of comedy slash culinary fantasy setting that it has. Um, I'm really interested to see how it balances that because it could it could not work, but it sounds like you really like it and that it works and that it doesn't feel even though it's different, it doesn't feel like contrived 
maybe it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like oh suddenly we're in like a shonen or something it it really still feels like it's it's its own character in a novel way he sh- alexi alexi is shaking his head yes for listeners <laughs> sorry i i have a cough so i'm muting myself and i'm trying not to talk to him uh i shouldn't be talking uh, is what my doctor would tell me uh what about you andre uh yeah i mean i'm probably gonna read on fairly soon but i also don't care about spoilers so just in general so <laughs> feel free to talk about whatever um but i think it's the mark of a good narrative that really focuses on getting connecting you with the characters first and instead of focusing on like a really deep uh lore background i think it's very easy to just kind of tune out when that happens so the fact that this first volume is very heavy on just making these characters extremely likable because they're all pretty funny and then using that leverage to move on to more serious things and bigger stakes is the mark of something that i typically enjoy i think it's really helped um by how good the art can we've talked about this a lot can transcend both this like really non-traditional anime look and feel like cool and like realistic in a weird way like a like a like a not like a textbook way but like it's like a photorealism i think is what you're looking for like sort of in like a yeah. quasi photo photo photorealism way where mm-hmm. like the food is sort of high um, definition is that sort of what you're getting at or yeah, yeah. Ex- exactly um, but there's also the cuteness of like how fun it is, et cetera, et cetera, uh, et cetera. And you can tell she really loves these characters because she has these, I don't know if it's like a book, uh, or whatever it is, but, uh, it's called daydream hour. And she releases these art books where like, she'll answer questions or she'll share random doodles. Um, I'm going to put it in our chat and then maybe we can put it in like the podcast description for these ones. This first image yeah. is Daydream Hour number three, um, and it is a picture of just like Marcel dancing, and it's super pretty. It's super like adorable. It has tons of fluid motion in it and joy. Yeah, it's actually really cute. I um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like art books can tend to have this vibe, but it's nice to see. It's mm-hmm. nice to see how they uh, really liven the character from the the series in a certain way. Um, you, she'll describe things that happen. So, like, uh, here is this is two things where, like, clothing for female dwarves. And it just shows her, like, thought process of, like, dwarves do exist. There probably has to be women dwarves. And so, what are they going to look like? And then here's some ideas for them. And then later is, like, the outfit on the right is a sleeping gown I planned to have her wear when she was a nurse back to help in this household. It felt like them putting it in an outfit would have been overdoing it. So, I scrapped the idea. And it shows her, like, ideas and processes and, like, really just interesting because of how dynamic and important these characters are. And they show how the races do look different. There's a one panel I, wa- I wanted to find, but I couldn't uh, exactly find it, where it's, like, a grid. And it shows, like, humans, elves, 
halflings, dwarves, uh, these other characters. And then they shows like Laios. And then if this would look like if he was a dwarf, this would look like if he was this, 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 and this. This is what Chilchuk would look like if he was all these things. I found this little passage from the, the link you posted. And it says, uh, uh, this is the description. These artworks are taken from sketches uh, Kui Ryoko uploaded on her website. There were dragons in the West, along with various rough illustrations sh- uh, she did for Dungeon Meshi. Her comments have also been included. Enjoy. And so it has each of these uh, images that are essentially like sketches uh, that relate to Dungeon Meshi. And it and it has her commentary. And it I think it's like a really good example of how like an art book, at least from my initial looking, it, it seems like a really good example of how an art book can elevate like a like a story that it's related to um because normally you don't get like this much information in like the the post volume editions like the extra short stories and things like that i think this is literally just kind of her thought process a little bit through just working through the manga because i just went to a random page and it's literally drawings of how to make cabbage rolls <laughs> which is really <laughs> cool yeah and at the beginning of the of the art book there are like these uh character studies that she's doing so i think you're right i think it really is just like and some of the descriptions just say like practice number one and it's like a picture of like yeah um a sort of like femme type character uh that's sort of like a robot it's like just like totally out of out of random uh left field here but it it's pretty cool there are a lot of like character sketches yeah i don't know it's cool to see commentary in art books like i don't think you often get that in like the art books i've seen at least uh when it relates to like series for example like final fantasy 15 artwork or something like, it'll just have, like, these beautifully illustrated images, but not really any description of anything. Yeah, I mean, art books are typically just that. And maybe if it's, like, <laughs> art catalog almost, then they'll have, like, commentary. But, uh, yeah, this is pretty novel for an art book, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I sent another page, um, it's on Daydream Hour 2, uh, page 23, and it shows, um, she says here, I want to give the members of each race more distinct features, so I went ahead and did some quick drawings of the characters, and some characters that haven't appeared in the manga yet, separated by race, and I think the entire right side is humans, hmm. but then you can see, like, on the top row, um, all the elves, they have the ears, they have, like, kind of soft features, um, the two elves on the right have, like, sharper eyes. Um, the dwarves all have like this roundedness to them and like their nose has like a bit of like that like rough sketch on them. Uh, all the ears on the half, like ears are very important. The halfling ears and the dwarf ears are pretty similar, but they're still different enough. They both have this like smugness to them for the halflings, the other two characters. And then I think yeah. the last ones are, um, I think they're gnomes. And they look yeah. completely sip. Like the old woman gnome looks like a completely different person to all of them, you know. But it shows you how much it she cares about this, you know. Like it is important for all these things. To if you're going to design a world, a bunch of different races, this needs to happen. 
right? Like you need to figure out why they're different, why they're separate. Um, and then another thing I want to drop in, this is a spoiler panel. There isn't too much to get, but all these cutesy images, like the one I just sent of Lucille dancing, and then there's this like horror aspect. Um, this is one of my, if not my favorite thing I've ever seen her draw. Um, I'm not gonna give too much details on it, but it is basically like this big demon form that is just gorgeous. It is so cool. There's so many like little details. It's like escaping yeah, a... from the earth and like this giant like scar comes in. Yeah, uh, it's it's like a dragon goat demon thing. Uh, it's it's actually incredibly illustrated. Um, it's like a it's a gorgeous panel. Uh, it's it's massive. It's a massive, um, massive monster here. Yeah, I think it's cool. What are your thoughts, Andres? Very much feels like maybe not as bizarre looking as some berserk monsters, but it definitely <laughs> has that vibe. <laughs> I got that feel as, as well when I first saw it. But I was obligatory like, rest in peace. <laughs> obligatory rest in peace. Oh. Too soon, too soon. I was like stunned by this one, and it's so like beautiful. Um, I'm gonna put one more of the. I don't know. What, I think this might be Daydream Hour three, probably. But I just like I always love seeing characters brought to different time periods, and this is like a modern take on how they would look, and like mm. just seeing them like look all cool and cutesy and stuff. It's it's one of my favorite things. Some of they don't. I don't think it comes off super well, but I think this one really does. Sentry's got a fucking dad bod. He's he, they're all the the thing that I think the part that I don't like is everyone's always super hot and you're just like God, <laughs> these are such perfect people. <laughs> yeah, you know it just it's super cool and like you'll meet these characters later on and like you'll as you read um, the books and then you go back and read the daydream hours and just like scroll through and they're like super quick to go through. You'll be like, oh look, there's like they're just oozing personality like it just fits so 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 well but it's one of my favorite parts about reading because a manga decks they would upload these as well and just like oh like i thought that it hasn't been a month yet it's only been like a week and just like oh here's 40 pages of fun art that makes you really want to read the whole story again because super interesting story and i, I don't want again i don't want to get too deep into i don't want to do spoilers for listening audience, I guess I could be like, from here on there will be spoilers, but I don't want to be like, I don't know if I, that's okay with you guys. I don't um, know. I'm cool with honestly. it. It's okay. Um, I guess I don't have much, honestly, more written just from this first volume. Do you have any more guys like final comments you want to say? Or I guess like after this, we can do like a, from here on there will be spoilers from up till this time. Or uh. I mean, all this about the separate art books and whatnot, you'd mentioned that you can't find the artist's Twitter, which, I mean, I guess it makes sense because out of all artists, I swear, mangaka are the most elusive people on the face of the earth. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) They're so just willing to not put themselves out there which is pretty cool honestly i fully respect that but, um, <laughs> it's very on brand of you to say <laughs> yeah <laughs> you definitely. um 
Thank you for reading my mind, man. You're welcome. But, uh, I mean, a lot of manga that really do care about their characters, like, you can find them on Twitter just posting various doodles they've done of them, like, as just continuing on the uh, romance manga uh, <laughs> tangent, uh, there's uh, the quintessential quintuplets has been over for over a year now, and the authors still will draw like uh, doodles of each of the sisters, even though they're on to another manga. It also has to do with the anime being airing, but like you can tell that the author really cares about the characters, and I think that goes for a lot of manga artists, and I'm glad to see that this is very obviously somebody's baby. <laughs> I guess I, I don't think about this too, and I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it, but um, I, I, I'm not an artist, I don't draw... Um, Really, anything. Um, Andres does architecture. He, he dabbles in art. Manny makes music. Um, I guess my art would be my comedy. That's about it. But when it comes to like illustrative art and stuff, um, I just followed a new artist on Instagram, and they were posting on like their story, like how much they're in love with their their original characters or OCs. And I was kind of just like, oh, that's kind of never a feeling I've had before. Of like, oh, this is like, like in my head, I've made characters, you know, I'm like, but I don't really make those attachments because I don't draw them. But this is basically just like, I've made an OC and now I've made a story and now these characters exist. And now it may be in her daydream hour. I can keep making them and they're so fun and they're beautiful because they're a part of me. But I just don't, I don't know, that's, it's, it's really beautiful in a way. Like you're saying, like it is cool. Like they love their work and it's not just like over when it's over but yeah. i don't know it, it's it's a it's i admire it but i can't relate to it if that's okay if that makes sense do you have like a do you have like a favorite bit or a joke or something because i know that you're like super into comedy so like do you have a favorite mm-hmm. i don't know even if it's not yours but like if it, i think it means more if it is from you uh from yourself do you have like a a bit that you like look back on and you're like wow this is like funny as fuck um I should like continue to yeah. see what happens. I de- here. Definitely, definitely some of that. Definitely some of the, not like my jokes, but like going back and watching like Chappelle's show and it being like just so fun. But like, um, I've had this whole conversation. And I don't know. If it's I'm probably gonna talk about this a billion times on this show of <laughs> how comedy is kind of like one of the one of. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm getting teared up. Um, comedy is such like not really respected in like a way of like, I'm going to sound pretentious as hell. And that's kind of the whole point of the show. Um, it's not as loved by the world as it is. Like people love a good comedy, but people don't, uh, if I go on stage right now and I go on tour and I do an hour, and I make that hours two hour two for two years. I've worked on this hour. And then, uh, Manny and Andres, their band goes on tour and they do successful stuff and they have an album come out. And then 10 years go by and we have all these things. In 10 years, you guys could have an album that goes greatest hits and we'll have a greatest hits tour. If I go on tour and I go, this is going to be the best jokes I've ever had. No one's really going to go to that. You know, like you, once you hear a joke, 
it's kind of done. But when, if you hear a song, you can go like, okay, I'm going to hear this a million times. And every time, I might get a little something different out of it. So, like, comedy doesn't really have this, like, permanence, you know? Especially with, like, topical comedy and, like, political comedy now, et cetera, et cetera. Like, a lot of comedians talk about, like, I don't like my comedy to be dated, so I don't reference who's president or what things going on now or, like, global events. I just make jokes about universal experiences. And so those are probably, like, the most, like, jokes you can kind of keep coming back to or have, like, a catchphrase, like a riff. But then even then, comedy is demands to be communal. Like, you need to have people be with you. I can make jokes and laugh to myself all the time, but, like, until I get on stage or, like, hang out with you guys and be like, hey, why the chicken cross the road? Oh, to get to the other side. And, like, you guys don't laugh. I'm like, oh, that joke sucked. Like, it's fine. Like, no one cares. Or it can be such a bad joke that you guys reference it every single time you guys see me and just go, oh, look, he freaking got to the other side already. Like, hurry up, boom, boom, boom. And that is just, like, the weirdness and uniqueness of comedy. And, of course, like, music and, and jamming with friends and blah, blah, But from an art standpoint, that permanence of this is my character or this is a song I can play it over again, I don't have that reference point. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, I get that. Uh, yeah, I've heard similar mm-hmm. things from other or like i've heard other comedians talk about their their work like that um it is weird it's like because comedy isn't i i agree with you i don't think comedy is seen in this like very permanent light it also is probably not still not respected the way it needs to be respected um so you don't it's not seen as like a high art or anything you know for whatever that's worth and it Um, it shouldn't be for for what it's supposed to be it shouldn't but it's hard i mean it's hard and it's an art in and of itself yeah so that's that it's it's interesting to see that I, we've parallel. talked about this once uh nope. i think i've talked did. to you both individually about this of like like yeah, uh yeah there's i was talking to someone and i was like i think comedy is harder than music and they go like no music is this this and this i'm like well there's no school for comedy there's no like like there's tons of music schools there's guitar teachers but there's no like come there's improv classes and manny and i went to one and that wasn't really that helpful how to be funny you know it was no. how to be an improv person <laughs> And improv people don't aren't funny sometimes. And it was just like, it was fun. I'm glad we did it. But it was oh, yeah. still like me getting yelled at by old people because I said gun. And they were like, <laughs> <it's> really <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Like it was, it's it's weird. It's weird for sure. But uh, I, I love comedy. But I, I, I think because I, I love it so much, I respect other art forms, even though I don't know how to do them. Because people tell me too, like, I don't know how to go on stage and tell a joke. I'm like, I don't know how I do it either. Like I just, <laughs> I just love it. I love even when I did karaoke and I talked about it earlier. That adrenaline of being like on stage was like a drug, and I was like, how do you get back on here? Even if it's to not sing badly or like to sing well, I don't know. I want to just be on here again. That's just go take a shit on the stage. <laughs> yeah, GG style. Yeah, that does seem to be kind of the appeal of comedy to most like successful comedians though right that it is impermanent i mean if we're getting on the topic of permanence mine is literally or my profession is literally the polar opposite of that and that it stays around for potentially hundreds of years if you wanted to so (laughs) just (laughs) constantly reminding people of various mistakes you make because i feel like 
bad architecture is pointed out way more often than good architecture. <laughs> so, <laughs> you don't you don't notice when a bathroom works because it's supposed to work. You notice when it's it doesn't work. work so, <laughs> and then, it's, it's a really good point. But like I, I, I we can talk about this for years, honestly, about how weird it is. But I I don't know. I love again. That's uh, I respect all of them. But like seeing comedians talk about an aspect I don't want to get too into. I don't want to like, I'm going to bring it back around. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Honestly, well, <laughs> or, or whatever for like the OC thing. Like, do you, I, I like you were saying like, you really do enjoy them coming back and be like, yeah, this story's over, but like the story ended, but it's not over. You know, like someone's going to pick it up and read it for the first time. And some yeah. people are like, I only read stories that are completely finished. Oh, now it's over. Keep going. And even then the artist is going to be like in love with this. And is there an anime coming out for that? Oh, uh, for quintessential quintuplets. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the second season just ended, and yeah, yeah. The, there's going to be a movie <laughs> coming out, I think, next year sometime. Although I would recommend reading it over watching it, but that's just me. Yeah, for the most part. But I'm. I. It sounds like you guys liked it, which makes me really happy. Like yeah. it, I. It's it's a fun. There's there's so much to like about it. Um, for things I don't like, I think I said like the episodic part. I do when eventually they do do some cooking. It is such like a breath of fresh air later on in the chapters that you're like, oh, this is why I love this thing. As much as I do care about this crazy lore that's happening and all these new characters that are so unique in themselves, I'm here for the cooking because it's funny. Like you know, like that's what I'm here for. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that they come back to it at least a little bit. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like the thing that I think is really charming about it is like the sort of tangential, like fantasy tangential stuff, like all of the logistics, all of the sort of like here is why these things are are, are the way they are and how they're working. Um, and that in the context of comedy is really, um, really nice because otherwise it's like something that's so lore heavy, you get bogged down and you can just get really tired really quickly if it's just like yeah. lore exposition after lore exposition. Um, you can just you can do it burnt out, and th- and then there's there's comedy and like with respect to the medium too, like it doesn't feel like stupid gags coming out of nowhere, and like it's not the point. Like you know, like you read things like I think it's called Grand Blue, and just like it's all just gags and on stop. And there's a point yeah. where I'm just kind of like, all right, like <laughs> yeah, I'm like I kind of need a break. Like this isn't it. I feel like this because it is always in respect of like what's going on, and it kind of drives a story it's not like here's a gag and no one like, listens to him it is like lyo says something and chochuk's like can you stop being fucking weird <laughs> just help me dice these goddamn onions like just like complete like please yeah. like you're still real to us and like so many fun things um yeah i mean but right now i'm like yeah it's it's so fun go ahead it's <laughs> a really great character dynamic and i think you can tell that because the author has such care for these characters that it can it has the capability of transcending just one genre of whatever because as long as the characters stay who they are that they can really start to grow and go different places and i think that's what makes a good 
narrative work. I agree with you. I think I think it really is characters. Uh, characters drive a story, right? Like yeah, and also I think it's what helps that like after the fact, like when the story's over, it's you care about the characters, not the mm-hmm. story. So that's why it's always fun to see like illustrations from the author of old characters it's just like oh they're still thinking about them and mm-hmm. if you really wanted to there is more stories to tell on the on the other side of it too there's a part of i think on the first we all read this online um because we're thieves i bought the book i'm not thieves. Yeah, um, yeah. there's I'm a, a thief. part where they do a chapter zero and it's like a one shot, like when you know, like here's my concept. Please, someone please buy this and let me make it. And there's all the characters that are there, and like there's it's different. The art style is a little different. The characters are still a bit weird, and like they do things, and like one of the characters that's in there doesn't come until later, and you're like, oh, like I wonder, I wonder why they didn't put them in yet, or was it like you know, like it, it's cool to be like, I wonder how this concept got started um, yeah. well uh i want to just like share all like the cool art i have here but like i i don't want to do that on a <laughs> podcast of, of an audio medium i don't know if i oh um the last point i really cared about is as the dungeon master as a person who like absorbed all these creatures and like again a person who really loves monster design and this is a book basically like here's monsters how do we eat them um i love the <laughs> circumvention of ideas um like living armor is like a classic staple in dnd of like you go to the haunted castle and the armor is alive and it's like oh even marcel's like it's just magic like something's got to be controlling but it is magic and like oh in dnd you killed the evil wizard at the top of the tower now everything's not alive anymore but this is like there's mollusks inside of them and they're controlled by like making a fake muscle suit that makes them somehow like so bizarre so crazy but i um, loved that the, plot point so cool it was so cool. so yeah, it was amazing good, it was very very satisfying yeah mm-hmm. um the basilisk basilisk uses the <laughs> giant snake they make this into a chicken <laughs> with a snake tail and then they say like the snake's the head and they're like but the chicken's the main body like yeah but if you cut it in half the snake lives and it's like what the fuck <laughs> they also say that Eggs are the perfect food, which made me think that this manga might be sponsored by Big Egg. So yeah, Big Egg. Is- <laughs> <laughs> yep, we're all uh, we're all Big Egg heads now. We've uh, submit to your egg overlords. I'm, I'm gonna do a slight submit to your egg overlords. This is um, this is like a Jimmy Neutron movie. Um, anyway. That's a throwback. Do you? Uh, there's a part later on where they capture uh, another D and D staple, a mimic. Um, mimics are in like Dark Souls and other things, where it's basically like, here's a treasure chest, and now it's a mouse gotcha. and it's eating you. Yeah, but it's like you kill it, and it's like, what does it look like? And you're like, I don't know, just looking. Like sometimes it's just like, oh, it becomes like a mass of like flesh and it just falls and dies. Um, yeah. In the chapter zero, and then later on. They're kind of like hermit crabs, and like they look for like better homes. So like they're in one, and like you can see them leave, and then they let it leave and go into a treasure chest, and then they sprint at it. They cover it. They cover it in chains, and then they boil it alive. 
And it's just like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, it makes perfect logical sense what they did. You know, like, that's how we cook crabs. This is a crab thing. Everything's crabs for some reason. But it is kind of like, this is fucked up. <laughs> that was a pretty cool <laughs> part of the manga, though, was that it they kind of make implications that there are just animals that exist here on Earth in mm-hmm. in there but everything is also just kind of based off those animals like mm-hmm. the way they cook the scorpion is very lobster like the way mm-hmm. yeah yeah the way they uh they also make reference to a duck with a leak on its back which is very specific <laughs> <laughs> um like the mollusks and stuff like that. It's all very based in reality, which I think makes it a lot easier to grasp. It is definitely the... I guess it's like... I also just really love how the mushroom looks. (laughs) Yes, the mushroom is so goofy. And then like, the feet are delicious. And then he's just like... Um, The part where... it's it's the the crux of the story is they need to eat things and then it's like okay well how much do detail did the dog go into okay they're gonna actually cook stuff so that means everything they're gonna eat is gonna want a recipe but okay what about a mimic a mimic isn't just a mouth and teeth in D and dark souls no it's gonna be crabs here no they're gonna be like it's it's logical reasoning that has to happen and that's what makes it so so cool because it makes sense and then like it just it's interesting it's just beautiful in every way i, I love yeah uh this author so much yeah it's a it's it seems like it's the mangaka's way of like it's 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 both rationalizing and storytelling the the entire like lore of dungeon crawling essentially of dungeons in the fantasy context it's mm-hmm. it, it's pretty satisfying like uh i think that that's the real big draw for me for me personally is just like that play placing the world within a context that's actually really relatable and it, it's like almost practical even like you start it stops feeling fantasy-ish at certain points especially when they're cooking it's like oh they're just like cooking crab even though it's a giant scorpion that they're cooking along with mushroom um walking mushroom um so it's it's those things that are like really satisfying i think you know the the use of the traps to help cook the giant bat, you know? Yeah, and that was great. Just, just like, basically saying, like, if you're in this situation, you use everything you have. And, like, even Chilchuk is like, I'm not going to use the traps to cut the bat. And then he does it, and he's like, oh, well, shit. Like, I'm going to fuck it. Yeah, cool, done. Move this. Like, way easier. And it's it makes sense. I, I really do love a, a D&D game of, like, there is... A respect for the realism and i don't think anyone would ever want to play this of like okay well now i'm gonna do this like it's too it's too <laughs> much detail so it's perfect yeah. for a story but like it, it's it's just the perfect blend of like some things are important some things are, like, i feel like some of the fighting is just kind of like they beat it at times and that's just like because now we're gonna get to the cool part of like what we're gonna do with it you know yeah 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 and i think that just kind of establishes the the stakes are pretty low where they're at. Like they're at the beginning of the dungeon. Mm -hmm. Uh And they're obviously all pretty seasoned. So 
yeah. they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then they, um, I don't know, it's really great. Uh, even the cover of the first volume, you can see it's a, it's a, a knight, but he has cooking utensils in his hand. And it says, dungeon, the delicious in dungeon. Okay, cool. They're going to eat in the dungeon? Yes, they're literally eating in the dungeon. What is in the dungeon? A fucking dragon. Like, it's like a perfect, like, I can look at this and absorb so much of what I need to know. It's not just like, sometimes you go read a manga and it's just like a hot, like, big booby girl. And it's just kind of like death parade. I don't know. Death parade is a real thing. Death bubble. Like, you don't know what it is. And like, you read like volume two and it's just like, now it's like a lolicon. You're like death butthole two. And you're just like, I don't want to read death butthole. I don't know what it's about. Just boobs. So that, that sounds like a shonen romance. <laughs> it's a big problem i uh, i have the, yeah i have the i don't like it that's kind of where i i usually don't don't enjoy things but um yeah no. and i i'm gonna talk about one more daydream hour um image this one is just she drew maybe her a woman who knows and it says here i bought a jacket with elbow pads i thought it looked fashionable but everybody just said I look like a broke student, so I never wore it again. And it just, like, that is in, like, the same context of, like, the next page is, like, oh, and here's, like, how my races look differently and distinct. And, like, here's how this person, a lot of them are, like, how they put on their armor, which I really like. Because it's, like, they wear this every day, like, and in d it takes, like, 10 minutes to don armor. Like, why would it take 10 minutes? It's, like, oh, because there's a lot of small pieces that need to go exactly one way. You need to clean it. You need to maintain it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, I think besides that, I won't think I want to go too much into the spoilers of besides of like any specifics for you guys. Um, I really want you guys to talk about it, and by all means, everybody talk about this whenever you want. Um, it's super fun. It you're you're in for an amazing ride. Of I think I'm gonna be rereading it again. Um, you're an amazing ride of just jokes, amazing art amazing amazing art and just like really cool stories that are sad and like uplifting and unique my favorite parts are unique versions of this genre because again like we were saying with these sekai you need to do something different so now it's like oh death buttholes in a sekai but like they all were powered by how giant their anus is and it's like oh no one's ever done that before this has to be a good story it won't be yeah tm tm trademark trademark um so this one being (laughs) cooking and just built entirely on their character relationships and like them going and just having a cool time as an aside it's always really funny to see how isekai manga are even their subversions are becoming the like repetitive and that's always really funny to see (laughs) i'm gonna become a slime in the next world oh well now i'm gonna be a spider and now i'm gonna be this and now i'm gonna be the and just like jesus like and there are multiple (laughs) ones where the Char- main character can only or only has a shield or is only really good at defense and it's like mm-hmm. okay <laughs> great yeah great brainstorming guys maybe <laughs> i i will defend shield hero first 20 episodes of shield hero it's like pretty cool and like character building and then it gets like this it's like okay also he's op now and you're like okay so nothing matters anymore. There's a part where, like, I, we've talked about this a, a bunch, where Shonen manga's biggest issue is power creep. You know, like, before Goku and Krillin were the same thing, so, like, having a healthy competition was cool, and now Goku is, like, 
in god form and krillin's like well i had a kid and i raised her so like i'm better than you goku and then all his sons are like we're all stupid too so i was like okay well, whatever. <laughs> this is garbage like this um i think that's all i have to say about Dungeon Mesh. do you have anything else you guys want to talk about for it if not uh i think manny has a recommendation for us or honestly i don't know if he does yeah uh mm-hmm. i think it was real cool um go read it if you're listening out there uh read it uh steal it if you want uh, although no seriously try to support the manga cup uh, but yeah if you we know how it is out there it's hard out yeah. there so she she obviously cares a lot about her. it so yeah I, that's why yeah, i'm exactly. buying the i bought the first volume i'm hoping to buy all the sequential parts if there's I don't know. It's it's great. I, also, I, the I, American I, I like manga industrial complex. Culture. I don't know. Is <laughs> I don't think that they're very good at keeping up with manga or supplying Americans with proper translation. So there's issues with that <laughs> too. Oh man, you're opening up a can up, of worms. <laughs> I looked at Dungeon Meshi merch. Just on Google or on DuckDuckGo, and it's just like it's just the books, and then Redbubble, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to buy <laughs> Redbubble. That doesn't really count, you know. Buy a secondhand. Red, <laughs> yeah, Redbubble and I have a complex relationship, where like I want to buy everything, but then I'm like, I, I convince myself not to because of like quality problems or like I don't know, just like re. Like if and that's it's like you um, shouldn't be buying from Red Bull. So. <laughs> if it's like fan art, I'm kind of like, oh, I'd buy. It. Like you know, this is fan art. But this is this was a lot of stickers that are literally just like cut out and put onto of like the manga, and they're honestly cool. Like they're cool stickers, you know. Like, but I don't want them because <laughs> I don't want to support <laughs> these people. But maybe that's rude. Yeah, no, it's not rude. I mean, but then again, I mean the the publisher isn't making merch that you want right so then there's you know if they're not That's making true. stickers That's that you would true. you would want um it's comp it's complex it's complex we'll save that for another episode i'm sure the only buy things from right in uh, <laughs> right in tell us what to buy <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be the episode uh the the podcast episode where uh the recommendation will be to only buy things from the primary source <laughs> and you can't buy anything else from anywhere else <laughs> Oh, they have little figures. Oh, they're cute. Yeah. Uh, how much is sixty two hundred yen? It's like sixty bucks, right? Uh, sixty two, sixty two hundred. Uh, yeah, that's sixty. It's like sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah, sixty two bucks. Is this is pretty cute? I don't like this one. I'm gonna show you one I like. Um, oh, this is adorable. Boom. Are you posting okay. uh Manny closing uh Andres closing thoughts? Um Oh that is really cute. Uh yeah, it's cute. I don't know. I mean I'm probably gonna keep reading uh fairly soon. Uh That's the best thing you can get out of this, right? Like oh yeah, I'm I liked it, I'm gonna keep absorbing it, right? Yeah. I'm winning. Exactly. You you win the we out here. you win the silver we out here. you win the gold medal for the day. Yeah, gold <laughs> star. We should definitely have like a 
like a point system. <laughs> so I will be. Like, be it's be I will like, not get any points. I don't want to keep reading it. It's gonna be so sad. It's gonna be so terrible. We shouldn't do that. It's a bad. Yeah, idea. there's no way to actually keep track of that if you. But yeah, I mean, we true. could do. We could do like as our pre-chat. If people are like, hey, like, just so you know, like I am still listening to et cetera band and then like oh did you hear the new like when the new album comes out we like revisited it and be like oh the revisit of this or like hey i just finished catching up like we're gonna talk about this at the end for spoiler discussion et cetera, et cetera. yeah i mean that could work yeah uh, that's an interesting idea i like that let's see let's see if i have any final thoughts um oh, yeah, took notes. thank you Andre, for taking notes i also took I mean, notes we... but uh it was very chill, actually, this time around. I didn't feel like I needed to reference my notes as much because I just, like, absorbed all the content, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, again, like, it was... I think I said 300 pages. I don't think it was that many. I think it was, was it? less than 200. I don't yeah, know. the whole volume one um, from cover to cover is 191 pages. Oh, not That's bad. That's bizarre so, to me. How much? So I said 300. I was, like, 100 over. I don't know if I want to know the amount of pages of manga I've read in my years. So. Oh god! <laughs> I was talking to someone and I was like, just about like reading more novels, and I was like, yeah, I should read more. And I was like, I read like maybe ten chapters of manga a day of like various things. That's still like twenty, two hundred pages, you know. And some of them are just like art, art, but that counts. I don't know. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. but i mean final thoughts uh i mean i don't really have a lot that i haven't already said the first volume is just pure fun so mm-hmm. uh the only weird part was kind of the chapter where they're using the traps to cook that kind of felt like people were kind of very caricature like of them of their characters, but I mean that's bound to happen just naturally. Mm-hmm. I think that was there to make. I mean, it was there to kind of show off. It was there to make a point. Yeah, it was there to show off his character and also just to kind of have everybody come to an understanding that they all have certain roles and also just kind of drive the point across that they're not going to be together forever. So it it definitely had a purpose. They talk about Senshi and they're like, this guy's pretty fucking cool. Like, like, (laughs) this guy does all this shit by himself, like went with the golems and he's like, oh, I take care of them. And like, they also mentioned something I don't think they talk about anywhere else where like that he he knows where the core like totems are for the golems. And Marcel's like, it's illegal to mess with that. And it's like a weird no I don't really remember from uh, having read all the series at once and like kinda of, I need to read I'm gonna reread it probably with Andres when he starts. Um But she says like it's illegal to do that and he's like, It's not illegal because I'm just digging and I, I, like it's they do all understand there is rules but like why are there rules you know like 
Mm. I'm a sovereign citizen. I'm a sovereign citizen. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. We haven't gotten there yet, but that's that's interesting. So, yeah, that's uh, but yeah, it's pure fun, and I would recommend it also. And I'm glad you did recommend it. Yeah, I'm glad. I, yeah. I, I, my favorite first choice is it was like my obvious first choice. I definitely wouldn't have uh, picked it up if you didn't recommend it. There's no way I would have like, I, I think I would have been like, I would have seen it and been like, oh, that sounds interesting. But like a cooking manga. Okay. Maybe well, like I'm not really that into it. But uh, now that I've, you know, consumed the first volume, it's, it's definitely it's, out of my element too. Yeah. It's really, it's really nice actually. Um, it's not like it's, it's not, it doesn't put all of its eggs in one basket so far. Um, and the first volume is really mm-hmm. laid back, you know, very slow, slow-ish pacing. It's very relaxed for the most part. The last two chapters are a little bit more action-heavy, but um, in general, it seems pretty like here are these short episodic uh, character situations that you get to experience. So this is pretty nice. Yeah, I'm glad you recommended it. Thanks. I think that is true. Like I, I wouldn't. I don't. I think I do the same thing with all my manga, where I'm just kind of like scrolling through reddit or instagram or something and just see a cool art panel and go what is this about and then like okay like it was a weird no one really told me about it that's kind of how i find all my like my weird choices and just really enjoying it and i'm glad again i'm glad i can tell more people about it because no one seems like all of us three we like some things we read together and other things we're like yeah that doesn't sound at all my jam and then we read it and we're like that was this is <laughs> yeah, I mean my standards for manga are pretty loose. So I maybe would have read it if I just came across it, but I mean usually when either one of you guys or anybody I know recommends me anything, I'll actually try to read it eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's just so much on my list. Okay. Who's recommend cool? Um if we're going through the loop, I can recommend. Yeah, so the recommendation for this week is going to be a little bit. It's not. It's not a piece of media. Um, it's a sort of like an experience that uh, I'll describe more when we uh, meet to talk about it. But I sort of have like a list of directions that I can send you all. I, it's very, very. It's not. It's not very explicit or anything. So. The experience is uh, its sort of just this element of spontaneous sound making. So a lot of people make sound in their day to day every day and they don't really like focus on it. It's sort of like, you know, happenstance sound. For example, when I'm like walking down a hallway, I'm not really paying too much attention to uh, the way I'm like walking down the hallway and making sound with my footsteps. It's sort of just happening. Um, but in this circumstance, um, I think this will be especially interesting for you, Alexi, um, because uh, you don't, as far as I know, you're you're the one who doesn't have a lot of, yes, who doesn't have a lot of uh, musical experience uh, so far. And so uh, I think that, <laughs> I think this will be uh, a really fun time. So, uh, so it's going to be some spontaneous sound making. So my recommendation is essentially to spend five to ten minutes anytime during this next week before we meet. Uh, making focus sound, so not uh, not doing anything else, really just focusing on making sound 
using anything or, or everything that you want to use. Um, so it could be like pots and pans, it could be your shoes, it could just be your hands and you could like be clapping, like whatever you want to do. Um, but uh, the idea is to, uh, as, you're do as you start making sound, to really focus on the sound and like the way it makes you feel and what you're doing. It's very hippie, uh, so, so roll with the hippiness for it. Um, just sort of like focus on the sound you're making and what you're doing um, and let that influence the, the next sounds you decide to make. Um, uh, and this is a sort of a process that I'll go into more, but it's really like a way to approach improvising, um, improvising sound and music and, and your relationship with, with your ears, your hearing and sound in general. So the goal is to, for five to 10 minutes, to uh, record with uh, your cell phone or something else, some sounds that you make. And while you're making these sounds, let all of your, um, let both the sound you're making uh, and all of the stimuli you're getting. So like if someone walks by, let that influence you. If, if uh, you're feeling tired, let that influence you. Just like let everything influence you and really focus on, on the sound you're making. Um, and uh, record it, and then we'll play it for each other during the podcast. It's like five minutes, so it'll just be like fifteen minutes of okay. of sound, and we'll we'll put it into the into the podcast in post production. Um, and uh, we'll listen to it together, and then we'll sort of talk about, um, you know, what you thought of it, and also uh, if it if it changed anything about the way you interact with sound. If it didn't. Um, if it felt silly, like anything and, and don't feel the need to make it like musical, don't feel the need to make it fit like a certain image or aesthetic, like really just let it do what it does. Um, and, uh, at the end we'll, we'll get together and we'll listen to it and we'll talk about it. And then I can go more in depth about like why this type of like thinking is a little, is important and how it manifests in other like musical context because because music people do this sometimes too and i can talk about that a little bit but um but yeah we'll we'll listen to it together and uh do you do you do either of you training have... to become sound artists yeah yeah you're you're all going to become sound artists <laughs> um do you do either mm -hmm. of you have questions about the like logistics or anything i'm gonna go buy us i'm gonna go home depot right now <laughs> yeah you, you can pick up i'm going to home depot right now and buy 32 saws and I'm gonna make yeah 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 uh I guess you have questions about it. I guess it is just going to be like a weird moment of like, I'm going to turn it on and just try. And I'm going to, yeah, that's going to be it. I'm just going to, whatever I have, I think it's just, well, I'm comfortable here on my desk. I'm going to make something. And I think how, I won't, I, I, I don't know if I, I should predict what my brain's going to do. But I, I have it. Well, yeah, you can, uh, that's the interesting part. I think that that's, that's really the part that I would love to talk about is, <clears throat> is how everything ends up manifesting for both of you. Um, because they're like, for, for example, I have a bunch of musical training, so like, I'm gonna, I'm thinking about sound and making sound in a certain kind of way. Um, that's both through my musical training, but also like my lived experience. And so it'll be great to, to see what both of your experiences with it are. Um, and then I'm hoping that it, it opens you up to like, just casually making sound for pleasure. Cause that's, that's sort of like the cool thing about sound is you can, I can just do this, and uh, to me that's fun. So I don't mm -hmm. know, like, you know, just get hippie with it. Uh, 
and uh and we'll meet next week to talk about it all right are, <laughs> yeah are there questions or anything anyone have any i have no further questions yeah sounds sounds fun yeah i'm excited this is gonna be this is like you're saying this is completely out of my fucking element i don't know what the fuck's gonna happen <laughs> is this gonna awaken something it, in i could yeah it sounds like an exercise that we, like the equivalent exercise of something we might have done like the first week of architecture school. Like <laughs> just that, just that moment where a couple of people are just like, oh, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> and also conversely where I kind of just did it and was like, oh, this is, I love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who knows what I mean, you'll the, find? Yeah, I mean, for those for those people trying to trying to be edumacated on uh, on some of this stuff, this is just like one way, and a little <laughs> bit of a spoiler alert. It's sort of like one way to to start engaging with the idea of improvising, um, in in with sound or with drawing or anything. You know, just letting this feedback process happen. Um, so it'll be real interesting. I'll talk more about that uh, next week when we meet. All right. Uh, what did we say last time? Uh, I have nothing to plug. Go read Dungeon Meshi uh, and then go make noises with your face. Uh, and that's all I have. That's, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Go love your family. <laughs> <laughs> go love your family. <laughs>